0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Questions in loshan Hara. Many people know it's wrong to speak loshan Hara, and they get worried uh, when people tell them they should be better in the laws of loshan Hara. They say, okay, let me start learning about loshan Hara. They take the Sefer Chafetz Chaim, and it's a beautiful Sefer. But it's sometimes difficult to get through it and people say, I don't know, think I could ever really fulfill it properly. Here's a method, I think, to learn about some questions in Losh Nara, and you can see how to navigate them and make it more real to you. Okay. So we start with questions that were asked from, at that point, one of the greatest poskim when he was alive, Rabbi Shmuel Vosner, who lived and we have a, less, you're 99, Rav Shmuel Vosner lived to be 102 or so. And he still, I saw him in his late 90s and he was a powerhouse. Here's some of the questions that, here's from Fosner speaking. Um, he said, I've been getting these questions about, it's about girls' seminaries, girls' schools. He says, look, I don't want to be long winded here. Uh, I'm, okay. You're worried about, Lashon Hara, when the teachers try to find out about a student. Or um, they're looking into whether they should take a certain student or not, and maybe in the investigations, that's considered lush and Hara. This is a very important question. Teachers sometimes believe there is no Din lush and Hara for them. Let's see what Rav Bosner says. to Bozner
1: says,
0: who if, if it's meant for the sake of her own sake, When someone comes to you to find out what's the best way to teach this person, what can I know about it, realize that we're trying to do the best for her. In fact, it's better. Sometimes it's for the other girls. Or sometimes it's, it's really important. You need to tell the person, look, you need, don't tell me stuff I don't need to know. Obviously, things. make sure your questions are questions when you're trying to find out about who to take in a school, about certain situations in the school. Questions need to be phrased in a way that you realize you're not trying to find out more than necessary, and the person needs to know that as well. And, of course, the person needs to realize that they shouldn't over-exaggerate. And that's clear that many times people will do that. People who have a negative thing to say about someone, Vosner Re- 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 says, many times they go into exaggerations, which are not only lies, but also make hara worse. Now, now, um, in terms of davening, he said, um, you're asking me about how the girl should daven. So he says, um, obviously, it's better that they should all daven together in class, however long they want to daven. Um, they shouldn't daven in all separate areas because, right, um, and even though, so therefore, this is really not about or it's more about how you should set up the davening situation in the girls' schools. Let's go on. Let's say you have uh, meetings with your parent, the teacher, the children's parents. You want to know what the teacher can say to the parents and whatnot. So obviously, if it has to do with what they are being paid to do, which is to teach the children. And you know, of course, that the parents are really the ones who are employing the teachers to act as their agents. So of course you want the parents involved. Now, um, Clearly, there's certain things that uh, should not be said, but you need to include the parents as partners. Now, let's say, Reb Bosner says, you have a, a girl in your class that's not listening. She doesn't seem to be acting proper. The question is, are you allowed, in terms of Chinuch, to speak about it publicly in front of everyone? In fact, even to engage what used to be standard behavior, to sort of speak to her in a, in a strong tone that could embarrass her. Now, um, we know the Rambam does right when it comes to boys in a class, when it comes to boys in a class, that it is sometimes mutter for the Rebbe to show anger in order to inspire. He doesn't necessarily mean it. He's not actually angry. But sometimes that is a motivator. Again, that's what the Rambam wrote many, many hundreds of years ago. Whether that's still relevant today or not is another issue. Again, obviously, Wussner doesn't disagree what the Rambam says. But he says, we realize that what the Rambam wrote for for the boys in the class, you can't necessarily assume is exactly the same for when you're teaching the girls. However, essentially there are similarities and what do you do first every teacher needs to uh, 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 originally says mairei son baava start with positivity if you see that that's not working there is you are allowed to show how frustrated you are and how upset you are in order for people to learn in order for them to learn and for the others to understand now Getting angry, you have to realize, you have to be very much in control. Don't lose your, your mentality. Don't let it become real anger. So again, you can show that you're upset, you can raise your voice, even show some real emotion, but not when you've actually become real angry. Um, what about, and this is with boys as well, how about a teacher decides to do an oral examination or to ask questions from the students, not just what's written, what's written, of course. And of course, when I was a teacher and, you know, I was a teacher for many years, I was very, very, uh, and all the the other teachers and, and the students, and sometimes even the principals didn't understand why I did this. But my, uh, approach was every test that I gave was a sacred bond between me and the student. When I would return tests, I would not return them openly. I would put them all in envelopes and give the envelopes to the student. And I would beg them, please, not to open the envelopes until after class. I didn't want students to know that everybody should know what a person got as a mark. I wouldn't announce who got the highest mark on a test. And I didn't want students, I didn't. I, if students asked me what they received, I would never say it publicly. However, I was the exception. I think I'm not saying I'm great, uh, and I took a lot of heat from students because of that. Because we know being tested and people knowing how good you are is a way to embarrass someone.
1: So he says,
0: <laughs> okay. Like I said, I, I wish more people Sheila, would, would would have been doing that, and then I wouldn't have been considered such a strange bird. Um, so anyway. So he says that he believes that uh, you are allowed to give a test, even the middle an oral test in the middle of class. And obviously, he says if you're a machanach muvak, you can tell how the person is reacting or what type of person that is, whether they're going to be embarrassed or not. And that's what Reb Vosner says. You've got to see. Look at the body language. Look, look at look at what what's happening to her. And if you realize that this is something that's embarrassing, then you shouldn't do it. Of course, I would say, if that's the case, don't do it to anyone. But again, I am not the God of Lador. Next. Um, Let's say there's a student, Rob Vosner says, that um, she's not really harming anyone else. But you can say, you can see that she's completely non-focused. Um so he says you should try, you shouldn't make a public thing of this because it doesn't help at all for the other students, but you should try in a way that other people don't catch on to indicate to her. Now, um what about speaking to your uh your grade dean, person who's above you in that in that uh in that hierarchy? Are you allowed to speak to them about what the student is doing? If that's going to help, you are allowed to speak to them. Um, Now, what about, this happens a lot. We were always afraid of this happening when we were in yeshiva. If a teacher happens to meet one of their students in the street, outside of school, but she's dressed or acting in a way that's not according to the spirit of Chazal. So she can't just say, I didn't see it in school. It's none of my business. Ravosner felt that she has a responsibility to speak about it to whoever is in charge and they should. Right. So we would maybe call it snitching. But again, obviously school isn't just the box when you're there. It's the total package. And um, like I said, I <laughs> let's move on to the next Road. the next great posek who was asked questions of this sort was Rebel Yashev, also less somebody who lived to be about one hundred and two or three about something like that one hundred and one I believe Yashiv. so um,
1: let 's say he says um,
0: and I had this question a lot by the way uh, let 's say you 're sitting as part of uh, a teacher's meeting. You're part of the staff. And they start bringing up children from other classes that you're not connected to. Obviously, if they're there, if you happen to teach this child and they're talking about information that could help teach that child. So of course you should be there and, and be involved and this way you'll know what you need to do to be the best teacher. But let's say they start talking about students that you're not teaching. So. Should you leave? Should you leave? Everybody else is doing it. And I want to tell you, I was in, I was uh in in a very um considered one of the best schools in New York, and this was standard practice. We sat in these special teachers' meetings and we brought up specific cases of of students that we had no connection to. <laughs> I remember the librarian was part of my uh was part of my group as well. And I was thinking, what is she doing there? Again, she needs to hear all these details about these students. They're coming in and getting books. She needs to know about this stuff. I was very, very perturbed by it. And I actually did get up and leave uh, when they were talking about students that I didn't think had any relevance to me. So Rebel Yoshev says, if there's no benefit, then you should not listen to it. Now, I don't know if you necessarily should make such a big deal about it because obviously everybody else is sitting there, but clearly it's not something that, there's some way you could, you know, it's something you shouldn't be doing. Um, here's a uh, an important question in Lashonara. Let's say a certain family has gone through a very difficult, um, a very difficult financial situation. And the head of the family really doesn't want people to know about it. So now the question is, can you speak, you know about it. Can you speak to other wealthy people who are involved in Stuka to help him? But you know that the person has a lot of pride. He doesn't want people to know that he's lost money in his business. So, um, we know that <laughs> if you're a businessman and people hear that you went out of business or that you went bankrupt, that's going to that's going to be a problem in the future because it'll always be like a mark on you that you didn't make it, that your business went belly up. So obviously, even though you mean it for the best, that's something which can definitely be a lush and hard. It could be something that could hurt that person in the future. So there you should not take it on your own. Look, he knows how to contact the Tzedakah people himself. You don't need to do that. However, let's say he isn't a person of great, you know, and a great business aristocrat. It's possible, he says, Efsher, Rebel says, that maybe to do it in a very discreet way, in a way where, you're not, where you don't mention anything negative if you are trying to help the person. But again, this so is something where you really have to use your smarts on this. Uh,
2: yes, uh, Hannah. Why can't the rub of the community anonymously uh, get a, a a collection, something like a tomche Shabbos for the person who lost his business?
0: Yeah. So th- th- here's the thing. You happen to know about it. The rub yet doesn't know. People don't know. You know, somehow he's told you or he's, he's, you're in his confidence and he's told you that he's just lost everything. All his stocks went belly up. The guy, his business is completely in dreart. as so we say in Yiddish. So now the question is, now you know he's going to be in a very bad situation. What should you do with that information? So you're right. Again, um, he can go to the Rav. But should you? Rebel Yosem says you got to be very careful here. Right,
1: right, right. I understand,
0: right. Okay. Now, here's another good question that has to do with what we've been learning about in in, in the other learning. Um, We know that there's vadim that are set up in different cities and they collect tzedakah for for good causes. Um, They expect everybody to pay a certain amount. Do they have a right to publish a list of the people who haven't paid yet? In other words, to say, look, pay by June 15th. You don't pay by June 15th, we're going to publish a list of who's paid and who hasn't paid. And everybody will see by your name that you haven't paid yet. Maybe that's a good way to get people to pay. Sort of like, uh uh-oh, I don't want to risk public embarrassment
1: this way, I'll pay.
0: So, Rebel Yoshev has an interesting answer. Let's see what he says. He says, You are allowed to put that list up. And it says, This right, this one is this one owes this much, this one still owes this much. Or to write, who hasn't paid? Rebel Yoshev feels that's not. Lashonhara, even though, you know, it's, uh, I think there's others who would disagree with that and say that it's probably not the best method. Well, Yosha felt it was Mutter. Okay. Um, you're trying to find out about a certain boy for Shaduchim, for your daughter. Um, is it proper to go? To that, and you happen to know of a boy who learns in the same yeshiva. Is it possible? Is it proper to start asking about it? Why not? He says, maybe. You know, guys in yeshiva sometimes don't like each other. And it could be you picked the guy who doesn't like him. So by asking him, not only are you going to get wrong information, you're causing Lashon to happen. So you should only ask the staff. Since you know that that's the Teva, the way people are, uh, among kids, among young kids, there's always issues that show up. There's there's petty jealousies and things like that. So you have two choices. You can either send a question to the staff, speak to the manahil to find out if the boy is a good boy for your daughter, or try to do your own investigations by the guys in Yeshiv itself. Uh, There's many people who tell you the way to find out the real truth is to go to the guys in the yeshiva. They know them better. But you might happen to pick the guy who doesn't like this guy. So maybe you should stay away from the bochum and the yeshiva. Um, So Rabbi Yoshev says you don't have to invent it. He says, it's fine. You can go to the guys in the yeshiva. You don't have to go, I'm only going to speak to the manado. You can speak to the guys in the yeshiva and ask them the questions. Of course, you have to ask in a very because you're not trying to hurt this person. You want to find out, because a marriage is very important. You want to find out the best information. Unless you know that there's some issues between these two, but you don't have to suspect that. Rabbi, why can't you ask a group of the Bachrim? You don't have to ask one. Same question, Henoch. The guy is going to ask more than one, but on every one that he asks... Since we know that's the nature of yeshivas, maybe he should stay away from the guys because you might—you might—that was the question. You might bump into the guy who happens to be the guy who doesn't like him. So you're saying Hanach, ask a bunch of guys. Well, <laughs> you know, the next one you ask might be the one who doesn't like this guy.
2: So Yosha oh, maybe, maybe maybe the Manil or the Rebbeim don't uh, don't. He could uh, choose a, a a Rebbe that doesn't like him. It's the same
0: thing. Yeah, it's, but but the question assumed that the Rebbe has less has less to. Um, the Rebbe has less of a horse in the in the race, so to speak. Okay. The Rebbe, in other words, the guys among themselves, you know, there's always um, there's always a sense of you know why is he getting it right among the Rebbe? They, yeah,
2: they can feel that why why is he being read, read a shidduch and I'm not.
0: That's right. So that was the question. Rabbi Yasha felt you didn't have to worry about it unless you happen to know there's specific issues between this guy. (laughs) Now, um, so here's an interesting question: Um, A bochur is asked a question about a shidduch about a friend of his, and in the yeshiva world, that's not considered uh, negative. For example. A, a Bocher who in the base Medrash, he screams when he's learning. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He screams like really loud. Okay. In the yeshiva, it's okay for a guy like to be doing that. But when you when, if the bocher says, hey, when this guy learns, he really runs up a storm. He's very the Balabas is gonna look at that, that's a little bit strange. So is is that the type of thing to say? So Rabbi Yoshev says like this,
1: um, he says it really
0: depends, Um, you know, obviously, you don't want to say something that shows the guy is a weird fellow, and he doesn't doesn't have manners at all. But obviously, there's behavior that's accepted in the yeshiva, it's not accepted outside in the street. Um,
1: Um. see, one last question here.
2: Uh, Rabbi? Yes. I think practically I'm not really very happy with this because even though the checking has got more, but the rate of divorce is higher also. I'm, I'm really not, you know, I love the checking. Everybody has to be, to fit with a certain thing and it's not necessarily the healthy thing. It's not.
0: The people oh. are
2: diverse and diversity she cards and different should do, you know, people, different matches. And that's how the world has been. You know, the extra emphasis <laughs> of this double check is like, it's squaring to the, it has to be within criteria. I, I lived in Borough park. I remember here. I mean, I'm not that way, obviously, as you know, but Harry is like, it's a, it's a Paranoia. This should do. This should occur. and it starts because of the requirements. What tablecloth they use? Do they use white? Okay. Yeah. So into to the, the so what? It's like I. Can't, I it's beyond Lashon It's it's uh it's uh the the minimal you know the minimal things that go into it. It doesn't. I don't think it does anything healthy. That, that I'm not degrading. A certain level of checking is obviously required, but I think that today's emphasis of too much checking, I think, goes even counterproductive, so. Okay,
0: I, I hear what you're saying, Dr. Doctor. If anyone couldn't hear that, Dr. Kogan was saying that he doesn't like these the whole attitude that you go and find out about people uh, and ask questions about them, he feels that there's too great of an emphasis placed on that, and that people are... Have pushed this to an extreme. Okay, um, my response is like this. Obviously, marriage is an extremely important step. And it is important to find out, especially in the Haredi world, where the dating system doesn't reveal as much, right? They don't date for such a long time. So, a lot of times, what the parents are doing in terms of finding out, in many ways, set the table because the dates, you know, they, they sometimes get married very quickly. So the information that they find out in advance, hopefully, is done in, in a proper way. And, and, and therefore, that's one of the reasons they want to find out as much as possible. And even if not in the Haredi world, as you say, the divorce rate is, 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 is strong. There's so right. many marriages that, 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 that you know, um, people aren't what they appear to be. Right. Um, and and, to, and, and to, be, to do some due diligence in discovering, I think, is important. It, as to your point that this is something that is only a modern phenomena, if you read the actual book, Chafetz Chaim, he talks about it quite a bit. And he talks about asking, he talks about Shaduchim and finding out. So it seems that even in, uh, it wasn't just a 21st century borough park. It seems uh-huh. that that was the case in Lithuania, when the Chaim was writing his Sefer, that these things, it was considered normal. And, and, and clearly, I think what we have to realize is that, that there's a difference in gossiping and trying to discover information that, could, right. that, that, that is beneficial, that could change your life.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: so, the... Um,
2: I understand the emphasis to uh, we avoid loss on her. They, they focus to avoid loss on her. I mean, other things are, right? Right, yeah, well, right. The, Obviously, right. look... You know, it, it, here's
0: my response to you. When you get asked this question, you need to know the din of the because here's a place where once, oh, you're asking about this guy, you got to be very measured in what you say. Let's go with one last thing that they asked um, the Sarah uh, Ravitzko Rav Weiss, Rabitzkotovia Weiss, who was the Abbezdin, um,
1: person wants
0: to find out how strong a person is in learning, how intelligent he is. Um, do, you, do you think that he's going to become a God of Ador? Is this the type of Bocher that, that can really become a great scholar? Um, how smart is he, in other words? Um, in other words, You are allowed to say how much Torah he has, how learned he is. You are allowed to. But when someone asks you about
1: raw intelligence, are you allowed to respond on that? So he says, Revice, you're
0: allowed to tell, you're allowed to speak about his his, 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 qualities, his sharpness, how they are but, um, but keep it just in that. you are allowed to mention that. I mean, there are people again, you know, especially they don't want to mismatch, and because of that, you are allowed to speak about that in terms of uh raw intelligence. You are allowed to say what your estimate is um
1: One last question,
0: let's say. The, the father of the bride wants to uh, know about the level of Torah of this, of this boy. And you are allowed to met, you are allowed to explain what is Madrega's event Torah is. Um, but are you allowed to also say that he comes from a family that doesn't have much Torah? Now, again, they didn't ask that question, but can you mention, well, he's great, but you know, his family's really not into learning at all, but in fact, they're not so from. Are you, are you allowed to say that? So, on that, advice says, Of course not. <laughs> right? You can't talk about it. The, you, the question wasn't about the family. Right? Um, and, and the truth
2: is, it's Rabbi, not. Really, yes. Right. Okay,
0: okay. If they ask, listen, that's their question. The Rebbe doesn't, doesn't offer that information, Jackie. In other words, they came to the Rebbe to find out about the boy or the, whoever it is. The Rebbe doesn't need to add anything about what the family is like. In fact, Rabbi, what the Dian said, Rabbi Weiss, the Rebbe Weiss, the Rebbe of the Ede said, he says, first of all, it's not true. What would be the reason? Because maybe he comes from, this is the background he comes from, maybe he's not going to stay in Torah. He says, that's usually not the way. He says, normally, we, he says, we see so many bachrim who come from homes where they don't—they're not so into learning—and they become the best koyel guys. So you're not asked about it; you don't need to say anything about it. In fact, it's not even relevant, he says. You—you uh, were you the, they asked. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast.